are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now. So what is happening everybody? Oh my goodness, we are doing episode 99 today. I mean, can you believe it? It's it's ridiculous and uh, honestly, like I keep on saying this every single time, but Every single time I actually do look back on how far we've come with TKO, I'm just so amazed and I'm in so much awe. Like, how, how, how did we actually do this? And of course, it's not just because of us, but it's also because of you guys out there, TKO Nation. Honestly, if it were not because of your love and support, and I know this might sound a bit repetitive and kind of redundant because we keep on saying it every single time, but it's true. Like, how do you how do you get redundant with truth? Like, it is the truth. Your love and support is what keeps us going with TKO. And honestly, like I said, it's been a blessing. And um, I'm just so happy with um, all the things that we've actually accomplished with every single episode. I mean, yes, when we first got started with TKO, like we had so many things to learn and so many things to improve, but I feel like every single episode we're getting better and better and better. And here we are, episode 99, and next week we'll be celebrating our 100th episode. It's finally here. Can you guys remember when I was talking about our 100th episode, like from episode 80 and on, I feel like I've been like making announcements about it every single episode, like 20 from 20 weeks ago, we've been talking about this very episode and it's finally coming up in one week. And what great way to actually start your new year, your new year of 2019 with your 100th episode of TKO. And man, I mean, I don't want to really spoil a lot of things about it. So you guys better mark your calendars on Thursday, which let me check what day actually. I think it's, at, yes, January the 3rd, our 100th episode is going to be broadcasted right here from CFRU 93.3 FM. You already know if you are actually tuning in via the radio waves, um, you can actually tune in at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Eastern time zone. And if you cannot, for whatever reason, tune in via radio, you can always, you always have the option to go online and listen to our episodes. You can actually listen to every single one of episodes, uh, like every single episode that we've had so far through SoundCloud or iTunes. So make sure you do that. And once again, please do mark your calendars for next week because it's going to be our 100th episode, our centennial episode. Okay, so now <laughs> that we got that out of the way, let's talk about some of the great fights that are actually happening this upcoming weekend. And of course, as things usually are with the world of combat sports, and especially mixed martial arts, there's a lot of drama surrounding this card that is actually coming up this upcoming Saturday. Of course, why not? Because it's the very last fight card, especially for the UFC. And, you know, if, if, if we didn't see any drama with this particular card, I'd actually be surprised. So, you know, I was kind of personally preparing myself for something bad to go to go um, out and uh, 
something bad to actually take place. But hopefully, you know, even though a crisis has actually um, broken out, the UFC is trying their best to, to actually handle this one properly and uh, for uh, for um, all the fans to actually be happy ultimately. So that's what they're really trying to do. But we'll see how things go because even though you will be listening to this um, today on Thursday, listen, we're not actually sure how, how things, like how properly things would actually go regarding this particular uh, UFC card because the, the major drama and the major... Um, breaking news actually broke out a few days ago, even though we were already into fight week. So, like I said, you never really know how things will actually go with um, MMA cards, especially when um, when a card is actually featuring a lot of great fights and a lot of high level and high profile um, fighters on on its car so you know you you never really know but then <laughs> like I said we'll talk about it in detail today don't worry and um, yeah man so today like I said previously we're gonna be exclusively breaking down the UFC 232 fight card which was actually originally supposed to happen in Las Vegas as most um, UFC card actually do take place However, uh, it's actually supposed to be happening in Los Angeles and California. And I'll actually tell you guys why that is the case. And I will tell you guys so much more about the major drama that I told you guys earlier about. And do not worry, I will get you guys covered on everything that you need to know about this particular fight card this ufc 232 fight card and of course yes as always we're going to be having phenomenal breakdowns because that's what we're known for you know the tko breakdowns and uh, i mean i personally really really like them because not only do they give you a good insight of how the fight is actually supposed to be like and you know what sort of things you should actually expect from each fighter on fight nights but also i mean personally for me because i i actually do get to talk about it for you guys it it keeps me so pumped up for the fights that are actually coming up and for the fights that i actually do get to break down i get so pumped up about them so yeah it's just like a um um, you you had two birds with one stone. So there you go. All right. So that is what we have coming up for today mainly. But before we get into that, I actually came across a very interesting um, uh, MMA update in regards to a fight that was actually announced for um, UFC again. So um, let's get right into it because uh, when I actually came across this uh, on my social media, on my Instagram feed, I actually couldn't believe it. I thought it was a meme or it was like a troll. I couldn't actually believe it, but the UFC official Instagram page actually posted this. So I guess it is official. So here you go. Breaking news, guys, in case you did not know already. My man, Cain Velasquez, the former heavyweight champion at the UFC, who has actually been out of the game for so many years due to injuries, various injuries, is finally going to be back and the fighting scene and guess who he'll actually be fighting for his quote-unquote combat fights just take a guess and uh, you know the ufc did not make this any easy for kane velasquez for this combat fight because kane velasquez is actually scheduled to fight francis 
Ngannou, okay? Like, how crazy is this? If you are an MMA purist, and if you've been catching up with the MMA game for, for a long time, you already know who Cain Velasquez is. I mean, he's fought many notable guys, including guys like Fabricio Verdum and I mean, Brock Lesnar and, and um, Junior Dos Santos. And um, this was, was actually like less than 10 years ago. Yes. So this was actually around the time that Ken Velasquez was at his prime. Not saying that he's not really at his prime anymore, but because he's been out of the game, out of the fighting scene for so long due to back injuries and things like that. Well, we're not really sure with what shape he's actually going to be coming into this fight with. But Francis Ngannou, on the other hand, you know, he has been having some good, good moments in his past few uh, past few fights because in the past fight that he actually had, he won a phenomenal knockout and um, he, he showed that, you know, he's back because Francis Ngannou himself, too, he had been having his own ups and downs and you know, as we all remember, this was not too long ago and um, Francis Ngannou got a title shot. Unfortunately, he was unsuccessful at, at beating the, the the champion at the time, Stipe Miocic, for the heavyweight title. So unfortunately, he lost, and it, it did seem like that that loss really did hit Francis Ngannou really hard because he was mentally um, uh, troubled regarding that loss that he experienced, and he didn't really know how to bounce back mentally and how to get back his confidence. So when he did have his first quote-unquote comeback fight, he didn't really deliver because he was still traumatized by that first loss that he had ever experienced in his first, um, you know, in his um, whole um, MMA career. So because of that, he was still traumatized. And, um, you know, maybe he, he had a moment that he had to think back on everything that had actually been happening to him. And I don't know what he actually did to, to actually do bounce back mentally, but he, you know, however he did it, he, he actually managed to do it. And for the past fight that he had, he was able to score a knockout. And um, the UFC actually saw that, saw that he was able to come back. And now, of course, they are sort of rewarding him with, uh, I would say this is going to be the biggest um, a fight that he's ever had in his professional career, Francis Ngannou, because he is going to be fighting a legend, a heavyweight legend at the at the UFC, and that is the one and only Cain Velasquez. And like I said, this is not an easy task for Cain Velasquez either because he's been out of the game for so long. And yes, he has been constantly training uh, with... Um, uh, the AKA team at San Jose, you know, that's his main gym, the American um, Kickboxing Academy with giants like uh, Danny Cormier, who's the current um, a heavyweight champion at the UFC and also the light heavyweight champion. But we'll talk about that in more detail because it actually does relate to the UFC 232 card that we're going to be discussing today. So anyhow, Cain Velasquez actually does train with giants and, and the most dangerous fighters out there in the in the UFC roster right now. Guys like DC, Danny Cormier, guys like Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean, yes, uh, Khabib is not necessarily at the same same um, weight division that Cain Velasquez is, but still, you know, they got, they both got phenomenal wrestling and they keep on training with each other and other guys like um, Luke Rockhold, who's the former middleweight champion at the UFC as well. 
So all these guys, all of these beasts actually do train at the AKA gym in San Jose. And, um, you know, like I said, Kane has actually been pretty busy over the past few years that he hasn't actually been able to fight in the UFC. But, you know, there's something I'm, I'm actually um, pretty sure that you guys heard about this um, uh, this um, term in combat sports, which is called the ring rust. So ring rust, some people say that it doesn't really exist. And what it actually is, is that when you don't fight in the ring or in the cage for such a long time, it actually does impact you most of the time in a negative way because you haven't been in, in that in that um, ring and in that cage for such a long time. You almost kind of forget how it does feel like to, to be fighting in the cage. And you could be doing thousands and thousands and uh, thousands rounds of, um, of, of sparring. However, it, it, it's really important for you to actually get that actual fight feeling. And when you don't fight for such a long time, you almost forget that. And you need to you need to warm up with actual fights before you actually get into a really major and big fight. However, for Cain Velasquez, this is um, the the combat fight for him. And I'm telling you, this is no warm-up fight for Cain Velasquez. This is a legitimate fight. And I hope that he can actually um, um, just come on top, uh, regardless of um, whether or not he's actually able to win or lose this fight it doesn't really matter i just hope he has a really good performance in this fight because we haven't seen him fight in such a long time and i wish all the best um with francis ngano as well because like i said this is gonna be the biggest fight of his professional career probably and um, let's just hope that they both come on top and deliver a very good performance all right so there's the fight announcement that i really want to talk about today I mean, when I first came across it, I just yelled my dad's name out and I said, Dad, guess who's fighting who? Cain Velasquez is actually coming back and he's fighting Francis Ngannou. And then I was just um, really excited for it for like an hour or so. So I thought I should probably bring it up here on TKO. And actually, the fight is supposed to be happening in February. So it's actually not that far. And I really hope both of these guys do get enough time to train for this fight because it's going to be a very interesting and important fight for both. All right, so there's that. And now, okay, I'm so excited for this. So now we finally get to break down UFC 232. Okay, so it's going to be headline between a fight by John Jones and Alexander Gustafson. Okay, so this fight is actually not the first one that these two have actually had against one another. This is going to be a rematch between Alexander Gustafsson and John Jones. Now, you guys probably remember the first fight that these two guys had. It was actually in Toronto uh, in 2013, so about five years ago. And um, you might have actually had the chance to actually go into the arena and watch the fight for yourself in, um, in um, uh, first-hand experience. The fight was so close, if you actually do get to watch it, it was a very, very close fight. And at the time, John Jones was the was the reigning light heavyweight champion of the world at the UFC. He was there to defend his title. When both came into the octagon, um, it was, a like I said, it was a very close fight. I would say for the first three rounds, Alexander Gustafsson, however, was winning all of those rounds because he was constantly getting away from John Jones and he was not really trying to stay in front of him for him to actually get hit. 
But John Jones, he he was fighting really smart and he wasn't necessarily expending too much energy so that he would get gassed out for the fourth and the fifth round. He was you could you could argue that he was indeed fighting smart and he this was actually his strategy for the whole fight. Because what actually happened after that third round and when the championship rounds, the fourth and the fifth rounds came by, John Jones, it felt like his engines literally got started and he started throwing deadly elbows and, and knees and kicks. And it felt like Alexander Gustafson, you know, for most of the fight, he was able to, to run away and duck those punches and shots. However, it could have been because he was actually getting exhausted because of all the dynamicness that he was delivering in this fight for the first three rounds. And, you know, Alexander Gustafson had, hadn't really had that championship round um, experience prior to this fight. So he maybe his body just didn't know how to react to that extra um, exhaustion and that extra um, being gassed out, if that makes sense. So he was sort of getting slow and um, he was actually absorbing all the things that John Jones was actually throwing towards him. And John Jones himself was actually absorbing a lot of shots him himself. And um, because Alexander Gustafson was already uh, kind of exhausted and he was actually getting all those shots uh, uh, absorbed to his body, he was getting tired and tired and tired. And like I said, he was getting slower and slower and slower. And so what happened was that John Jones he started increasing the speed of the shots that he was throwing. And for the fourth and the fifth round, I would say John Jones actually dominated over Alexander Gustafson. Even though John Jones himself, he didn't really um, like he didn't really come on top himself either. But it just looked like he was on top because Alexander Gustafson's performance went way down. Maybe that is why. But John Jones, he wasn't really performing in an elite way. He was just being su successful in those particular rounds, in that particular state and status that Alexander Gustafson was actually fighting at. Now, I don't know if that actually made sense to y'all, but you guys know what I mean, okay? So anyhow, the fight ended, and then the judges actually scored the fights through unanimous decision. It went for John Jones, so he retains his title. However, John Jones, outside the octagon, he has so many problems, right? Because he he has um, been um, charged with so many felonies and so many drug charges, so many hit and run charges so because of all those things of course the, the nevada state athletic commission strips him of his title the ufc strips him of his title he's no longer the champion even though he hasn't really experienced a loss in his professional career ever so all those things are happening with john jones but in the meanwhile alexander gustafson is actually getting a few fights in here and there and he actually does get to ch uh, get to challenge the uh, the new, you could say, light heavyweight champion who was Daniel Cormier at the time. Even he, he got to challenge Daniel Cormier for his title. And that by itself, again, was a very close um, um, a fight. However, he was not able to deliver again. But even I feel like Alexander Gustafson is getting better and better fight after another so it's really interesting to see how Alexander Gustafson is actually going to come into this fight and whether or not he's able to carry on with those improvements that he has made ever since that John, that first ever John Jones fight. Has he, 
well, actually, is he able to bring in all those experiences, the, all those new experiences that he has made inside the octagon and all that new knowledge that he has made into the octagon when he's actually fighting John Jones for the second time, right? And it is really interesting to see how John Jones is actually going to be coming to this fight because, like I said, ever since that Alexander Gustafson fight, John Jones has probably fought once or twice, and that's it. And and that, like I said, that was five years ago, and I already told you guys about ring rust and how real it is. So, like I said, it will be really interesting to see how both of these guys actually come into the octagon. And not only that, John Jones, you guys probably know about this, but John Jones last year, he was actually popped for a uh, performance enhancing drug called Terina, uh, what, what is it? Terinable. Yes. So Terinable is a very interesting drug because first of all, John Jones um, popped for it. And when you do do a little bit of research about this particular drug, you'll actually figure out that it's not the the conventional drug that your typical bodybuilder guy would actually use to, to get bulky and to add on more muscle and weight. It's actually something for, for gaining strength while you maintain your weight or even when you're trying to cut weight. Now, I don't know about you guys, but all of this does sound familiar, does sound a lot familiar to how the MMA game works because for most of the cases, you are actually trying to cut weight, but you're also trying to gain strength, of course, right? So you can gain strength through weight training or, or powerlifting or however you want to do it. But if you want to take a quote-unquote shortcut, well, Terenable is the way to go, but... The United States Anti-Doping Agency is constantly watching over your shoulder. And I think this is what John Jones actually forgot when he was um, allegedly not trying to say that he for sure did this drug. But when John Jones allegedly did this drug, he probably forgot that USADA, the United States Anti-Doping Agency, is actually going to be taking so many samples from him and that even if he's trying to do the least amount of trainable, he will get caught. And this is a very, very sad reality of our, of our MMA world, guys, because, I mean, not saying that a lot of guys actually do drugs like this because they, they are actually in favor of a cleaner sport, of a cleaner um, fight scene because it will just make things so much fair for for everybody, right? But with John Jones, maybe because he was thinking that you know he was already in in his um, uh, period of suspension and that he was not going to get a fight anytime soon. But you know he his um, his um, legal work actually went to court and um, he was actually cleared to fight from October thirty first onwards. So maybe he wasn't really expecting that um, he was actually going to get um, his suspension was actually going to get uh, finished until that early date. And so because of that, he couldn't really plan out how the metabolites of Terenable were actually going to be cleared from his bloodstream. And now that the Nevada State Athletic Commission has taken samples and they've seen very little traces of Terenable and John Jones's bloodstream, they're saying that listen, we can't really say for sure that John Jones 
you know, uh, on, on purpose took this drug prior to this fight getting announced uh, between him and Alexander Gustafson. We can't really say for sure that he recently took this drug. It could be um, just a, a very old metabolite from that very first time a few years ago or last year when John Jones took this drug and, you know, the metabolite is still in his bloodstream. But, you know, as a student of science myself, there is no there is no metabolites. Listen, that can actually stay in your bloodstream after such a long time because substances, especially chemical substances, they guys, they have half lives. Okay, so there's a certain amount of time that it can actually stay in your body before they're completely cleared. But there is not a drug that would actually stay in your bloodstream for over a year and this is just ridiculous and i don't know why the the united states anti-doping agency is actually saying this because when when you do have a metabolite in your bloodstream it has to be recent the consumption of that drug has to be recent it cannot be from like two years ago that is almost impossible and so because of that the nevada state athletic commission is not able to issue john jones a a fighting license and so the ufc is now taking all of their fight card to california to los angeles because they actually talked to them and they said that it's okay for john jones to have that um, metabolite of trenable in his bloodstream and that they do believe that john jones didn't actually recently consume trenable um, uh, for for this um, fight that he's going to be having against Alexander Gustafsson. But listen, okay, it's just ridiculous. The science of it does not work out. And again, I'm not trying to um, say that John Jones actually took that drug recently. But, you know, it, it is okay for all of us out here to be a little bit skeptical because if you are not as skeptical and you actually do accept this as what it is, it's just... It doesn't make sense like we are curious human beings we are curious fans and we are educated fans so for for the UFC as a whole business as an as an organization and for USADA and all those athletic commissions to come out and say that oh it's okay for John Jones to have that metabolite in his bloodstream oh don't worry he hasn't actually consumed the drug anytime anytime recently well you know, I don't know, man. Like, you, you never really know unless you are John Jones himself. You cannot say for sure. And, um, you know, I'm just going to leave it there because, I, like, I, I don't want to take sides in this in this case. And I just hope that the fight that these two are, are going to have is going to be a very fair one. I really hope that it is going to be a fair one because it, it would just not be fair to someone like Alexander Gustafson who has been working out so hard and uh, putting in so much work in his training camp for this particular fight to, to come out and fight a, a juiced up John Jones. That would just not be fair. And also, I mean, you never really know. Maybe John Jones didn't uh, by purpose take this drug in particular or whatever the case is. You know, still, I just hope that this fight is going to be a clean fight, that it's going to be a fair fight for both and that we as the fans do get our money's worth in terms of the pay-per-view, that it's going to be a night filled with violence and entertainment and good demonstration of skills 
and technique. So that is all I have to say in regards to that fight. Make sure you do catch up with it. Okay, so Saturday night, December 29th. Oh man, I, I really wanted to talk about that Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes fight. But that is going to be the co-main event of that evening. So you guys make sure you catch up with the whole fight card, okay? Because this whole fight card is actually stacked. And I wish we had more time to talk about it. But unfortunately, all the drama distracted us from talking about the real breakdown stuff. And I'm really sorry about that. But make sure, like I said, that you catch up with this fight overall. This whole fight card actually overall because it's going to be really, really good. Okay, so that is all I have to say in regards to that. And unfortunately, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Aww. And <laughs> unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. Y'all, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you already know you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And next week is our 100th episode, so make sure you tune in as well. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.